Uh, well, we're trying to bring a proof now to the question of, let's say you have the opening is just as large as the enclosure, right? So what we say is parrots, ke'oimit, right? The parrots means the open part, is ke'oimit, is just as large in area as the actual part that is oimit, that is standing, right? So the openings and the closings are exactly the same uh, amount of area that's been uh, you know, covered by that. So the Gemara is going to try to bring a proof that if it's exactly equal, that that's not enough. What's the proof? Shayara shechan beka. We just learned this Mishnah. You have the caravan that camps in a beka in a valley. And they surrounded their area with the gemalin or with the, um, the saddlebags by vitin, the... Um, or the uh, the thing on top of the like, these are different karshatachas ukafagamal. Basically, we learned about this in Shabbos also. It's some sort of um like a, a cushion or a, that they actually would put underneath the saddle so that it wouldn't be rubbing against the camel. The shlipin, the saddlebags, bekanim with uh, reeds, the kolchays, which are uh, you know like um stubbles or stalks. Mitalpulin betoycha, you're allowed to carry within the area that is enclosed by these items. As long as there is not in between each gummel, right? You have a gummel resting on the ground that's 10 fachim tall, and then you have another one X amount of space over. Well, if the amount of space in between each camel that's empty and has nothing blocking, has no sort of mechitza at all, no sort of wall, is exactly as much as the, the size of a gummel, then it's not going to be a valid mechitza. And between two different saddles, you cannot, once again, if you have two saddles, you cannot have an open space in between that is the same size. Or between one, uh, one of the, these cushions that go underneath the saddle to the next, if there's an open space the size of the, of the saddle cushion, then that's also going to be problematic. Hold on, are we talking about it like heterogeneous partition? So you basically have all of these things in the partition and the, as long as the adjacent things are like, is that the thing, or is it like completely out of the same material, like, quote unquote, material I, or stuff? I think, I think either one. I think that the, the overriding principle is if you measure the entire space and you add it up the enclosed part and the, and the open part, what do you end up with? Right? The, the reason why the Mishnah goes through all these different cases is, is just, you know, the Mishnah has a different reason why it's going through these cases. What we're trying to bring out from here is, and we're just bringing down all the cases in the Mishnah, really just trying to bring out one case, right? We can bring this out from any one of these, any one of these principles. It could be true if you use all five of these materials and uh, four of these materials in one, in one mechitza. It could be true if you only used one in, and, and, you know, multiple of times in, in one mechitza. No, nothing's going to change. Um, as long as the, so what the Gemara thinks, see, seems to see from here is that if the opening is exactly equal to the closing, then it's going to be an invalid which would be approved, not like, uh, I think it was Rabuna, who said that that is still good as long as it is exactly equal. When we say that there's enough space for a camel in between the, you know, adjacent to where there's a, an actual camel, there's enough space for an opening for a camel, we don't mean exactly the size of a camel. We mean enough space for a camel to be able to exit from that area. And as we know, if it's exactly the size of a camel, it wouldn't be possible for the camel to exit. So what we mean is a little bit of extra area on both sides so that the camel will be able to exit, which will end up giving us more opening than close. Tashimat, new proof. Here's the new proof. It, what it comes out is, and we're quoting a Braisa, it comes out that there's three different types of uh, characteristics by a um, by mechitza, by wall. Kolshu, pachos, mishleishasu. So uh, hold on tight. We really, this is the type of Gemara that you really need to have charts on a whiteboard for just to keep track 
but um, there should be charts, I'm guessing, in you know, art school. We'll try to do a good job. Anything that is a, uh, anytime you have a mechitza, that the mechitza is made up of standing wall that is less than three tvachim wide, right? There cannot be in between the two, you have one partition three, less than three tvachim wide, then another partition less than three tvachim wide, then another partition less than three tvachim wide. If there is three tvachim of empty space in between those two different pieces, then it's not going to combine. Um, so that a, a, um, a goat cannot be able to jump through that area. If it's it basically, it's really lovud, right? The lovud tells us that if it's three, if it's less than three tfachim, then the area is looked at as if it's enclosed. But if it is it exactly three tfachim or greater, then we can no longer look at that area as if it's enclosed because a goat would be able to jump through it. Now, that's that's halacha number one. If the mechita is made up of a whole bunch of little slat, vertical slats that are less than three tfachim wide, less than a foot wide, then there cannot be more than a foot. There cannot be a foot in between each one, or else you're, you're in trouble. Now, let's say, I'm sorry, let's say you have the second category is where you have mechitas um, made out of slats that are either one foot wide or up to, up to 16 inches wide. Then what is necessary is that you don't have an open area in between the two slats that is the same area, same size as the actual slat, okay? whatever that slat might be. Why? So because you don't want to have the open area that the gaps in this mechitza should be the same size as the actual standing part of the mechitza, right? What do we see from here? Once again, it sounds, seems to be saying that um, if it is parrots, if it is open, the exact amount that it is closed, then that's going to cause problems. But if it is clo- open more than it is closed, it takes it a step further. What we're dealing with over here is the, the laws of mechitas for the purposes of client, for the purposes of trying to define, are you allowed to plant grain next to a vineyard? Well, the answer is, if you have a wall, you're allowed to plant it. If you don't have a wall, you cannot plant it. So let's say you have a wall, and that wall is, consists of partitions between three and four fachim in width. However, in between some of these partitions, there's actually holes that are greater. That, that, I'm sorry, not, not in between some of them. The, the entire area ends up being more open than closed. Well, you know what the halacha is? Even opposite the part of it that is up until four tfachim of a wide actual partition, you're not allowed to plant on the opposite side of that partition. Even though it would seem to be a partition between the vineyard and the wheat, you're still not allowed to plant opposite that. Right? If it is more open than it is closed, even opposite the part that is closed, you're not allowed to plant the grain. Anything that is four tfachim wide and up until 10 amos wide of wall. Once again, you cannot have that the open area in between the partitions is the exact size as the actual partitions. But if it is open to the same extent that it is closed, then in this case, opposite the part that is actually a closed off wall, is still good. What are we trying to say over here? It's not so clear at this point of the Gemara, right? But essentially what we came up with is that there's three different categories. There's a type of wall that it consists of slats that are less than three tfachim wide with openings in between each slat. There's a type of wall that consists of slats that are between three and four tfachim wide with openings in between each slat. And there's a type of wall that goes from more than four tfachim, I'm sorry, four tfachim and greater up until 10 amos, okay? Now, we, the, the way it works is like this. If it's a type of wall that is, that is um, 
less than three Tvachim partitions, then if there is more than three Tvachim worth of, uh, of space in between, your wall's invalid, right? Because it's not considered closed at all. And the gap is not looked at as closed. If it is the type of wall that is made with three Tvachim up to four Tvachim, then as long as the area in between is less than the area of, of closed off part, then you're allowed to carry everywhere. Now, but if the area in between is, is more than the closed off part, then you're not even allowed, not carry, I'm sorry, I didn't mean carry, I meant plant. So if the area that is, in, is enclosed is less than the area that is open, you're not even allowed to plant opposite the closed area. If it's in the four tefach, the ten amas part, you're allowed to plant opposite the closed off area no matter what. And if it, the greater part of it is closed than open, then you're allowed to plant everywhere opposite that wall, even opposite the open. Okay? Um, the imhaya paratka if it is exactly equal, the openings and closed part in these larger size partitions, where the wall is there, you're allowed to plant. Where it's open, you're not allowed to plant opposite the area that's open. However, if it is more enclosed than it is open, and these partitions are, every one is at least four and up to ten amas. Even opposite the open area, you're permitted to plant. Because we look at that halachically as if there's a wall in that entire area. Now, let's say the opening in between these partitions is greater than ten amas. Then it's forbidden to plant right there. Let's say you have these kanim, you have these uh, reeds that are standing in this area. And what do you do? You make some sort of um, uh, like um, a woven uh, um, a woven thing out of straw above it. Even if that opening is more than 10 amas, it is still permitted to carry everywhere in that place. Okay? Why? Because basically when you made that uh, weave thing on top of it, what you essentially did is you made a surah right? You made the appearance of a doorway and the appearance of a doorway is going to permit the car is going to permit to carry and also in this case permit the plant grain opposite that because a, something that looks like a doorway is considered to be closing off that area, even when it's greater than 10 amas, as we learned earlier. What we see from here is in the Reisha, in the first case of the Brisa, if you have the partitions are from three Tvachim up to four Tvachim, as long as there is not in between each one the same size as the, as the enclosed area that is open. So Lachaira to Yufta Dera Papa. This is disproving our Papa. But Papa was, was of the belief that as long as they're exactly equal, you're still permitted to carry within that area. Because exactly equal, we still look at that as if the Mechitza is a valid Mechitza. Right? But over here we see that if they're exactly equal, it would not be a valid Mechitza for client purposes for the vineyard and grain. So it shouldn't be a valid Mechitza for Shabbos either. Amalachar Papa, our Papa says, my Maloye. What do, when we, what do we mean when we say that it is open as much as it is uh, as much as it is closed? What we mean to say is nichnas Once again, we mean to say the same principle that it has an opening large enough that you'd be able to take an item that size outside. Well, if it's an item that's that exact size as the enclosed area out through that opening, by definition, that opening is actually greater than the enclosed part. Does anybody, everybody, get what's going on right now? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. This also makes sense. Why does this make sense? Because it also, we also learned that if the open parts are greater than the enclosed parts, you're not even allowed to plant opposite the enclosed parts. What the implication is, the implication is, but if it would be exactly equal between the enclosed and, and, um, and open, you would be allowed to plant opposite the enclosed part. 
If it's greater than that, you're not allowed to plant even opposite the enclosed part. But if it's exactly equal, you are allowed to plant opposite the enclosed part. Shemamina. What we see from here is that um, what we see from here is that if it's if it's exactly equal, we do look at this as being a wall. Bother me a tiny bit is maybe you only see from there that you could plant opposite the part that's actually uh, closed. But how do you see the yeah. plant? Uh, I'm not, that's what see. I was wondering. Let me see Rashi. Any Rashi here? Um, no, nothing doing here. Yeah, uh, one second, maybe. No, it doesn't say. Rash doesn't say. I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that proof is. Okay. Um, lema to have a Now the Gemara flips completely and says, perhaps we see over here a disproof of Yeshua, who was of the opinion that if it's exactly equal, it's not considered to be a good wall. Over here, we see that if it's exactly equal, it is a good wall. Right? We flipped sides completely. Now we 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 went over to the side of Rapapa totally. Amar So he would say to you, According to you, Ema Seifa. How do you explain the last part of this um, brisa? If the standing part is greater than the than the open part, You're even allowed to plant things opposite the empty opposite the open part. The implication is that if it would be standing exactly equal to the amount that is open, then indeed it would be forbidden to plant, right? Once again, this seems to be, basically, Ravunamadi Yeshua says, oh, but the later part of the Bryce implies like me and not like you, Rapapa. So Seifa, Kashla, Rapapa. Gemara is now, you know, um, concluding between the, the Bryce so that the implication of the later part of the Bryce indeed seems like Ravunamadi Yeshua, that if it's equal, you're not allowed to plant opposite that area. In other words, opposite the enclosed area. In other words, that's completely irrelevant. If it's equal, open to closed, then we don't even care about the closed part. But the beginning, that seems to imply that the only reason why it's problematic to plant over there is because it's greater than the, than the um, uh, enclosed part, implies that if it would be exactly equal, you would be allowed to plant opposite the closed part. So say for the Papa Kasha, the end of the, of the Bryce is not going to be Shvar on her Papa. I did it on a Reisha Paras Murbala Aymed. Once the first Tana taught that you have opening greater than the enclosed part, Tana Seifa Aymed Murubala Paras, then we just said in the end, we said something similar that if the, if the standing part is greater than the closed part, then you're allowed to carry, you're allowed to plant within that area. It wasn't really necessary though. All it really needed was that the standing part is equal, but we just wanted to keep them uniform, right? Because remember, we, we, when the Mishnayas were originally taught, they were taught orally. So sometimes they would lose a little bit of accuracy to ensure um, a better memory. And the assumption was that the students would, although they wouldn't have that as part of their, the actual, um, in their mind, what the words of the Mishnah was, they would remember how it ends up playing out. You know, obviously at a certain point, without Rebbeim around, we lost that, uh, that, that literacy and that's why they needed to write it down. And that's why they started getting difficulty like, like we have right here. And the beginning of the of the Brisa that you thought implied not like Rav Unabrei and like Rav Papa, that seems to be saying that if it's exactly equal, you're allowed to plant opposite it, right? Exact opposite. Since in the Seifa, we needed to talk about a case of where it is greater standing than it is open. Therefore, we said in the Reisha, where the opening is greater than the enclosed part, but it's really the opposite. And really, all you need is equal. And since in the Seifa, when we were trying to say when it's permitted to plant opposite, we needed to talk about a case where it's greater enclosed than open. 
So in the ratio, we use the similar terminology in the opposite context of being greater open than closed, but really what we meant is as long as it's even, that's also problematic. According to Rav Papa, then, then we're not going to talk about a case of where you have the, the, the kanim that were less than three tfachim and the kanim were more than three tfachim. We're not going to put them into one category because, because um, according to Rav Papa, who holds that exactly equal is okay, then according to our papa, if exactly equal is still permitted to is still permitted to plant opposite the enclosed part, well, that's only true. Exactly equal is going to be okay when you go to more than three tzvachim. When you go to less than three tzvachim, one second, let me see Rashi. When you go to less than three tzvachim, it's going to be problematic. There we go. Okay, good. So basically, Rashi says like this. What, what, what would you have set up? You should have set up the entire ratio of the price like this. Anything that is less than three tfachim and is exactly three tfachim, you're good as long as it is not exactly equal, right? As long as it is not three tfachim of an opening. Well, you wouldn't be able to do that according to Rav Papa. Because according to Rav Papa, even if it was a three tfach opening, it would still be permitted to plant opposite the enclosed part if you were dealing with a three tfach closed part, okay? According to Rav Unabredi Yeshua, though, who says that even if it's three tfach of closed parts, three tefach of open parts would still be problematic because if it's exactly as much open as it is closed, you still can't plant the opposite, the, the enclosed part. So, anything which is less than three tefachim partitions and exactly three tefachim partitions, it is necessary to ensure that there is not between each of these openings three tefachim, right? Because if there would be three tefachim, that would already be problematic, both if it's less than three tefachim of closed, then if it's three tefach of open, the entire area is looked at as completely wide open. Because if there's three tefach of open, it's not considered enclosed at all if, there's, if the items themselves are not going to be three tefachim wide, right? But even if it's three tefach wide, you're still left with, you have exactly as much closed as you have open, right? So according to Rav, Rav Huna Bredi of Yeshua, who says that if it's equal, then it's still problematic, he could have really combined the first two cases of the Brisa. Gemara says, No, the reason why I didn't want to combine it is because the, the reason why it's not going to work in the first case is not the same reason why it's not going to work in the second case. The reason why it's not going to work in the first case so that a goat would not be able to jump into the opening in between the partitions. The, the invalidation of the second case so the, the invalidation of the second case was not out of a concern that the goat is going to be able to jump in the area. Rather, the concern was that, um, that the opening could not be as the same size as the enclosed part, right? Basically, the idea of lovud that we look at the area as if it's not combinable at all, that's only true when the openings are less, the openings are not less than the, than the closed part. If the closed part is greater than the openings, you're allowed to have openings that are lovud-sized openings. In other words, that are greater than three tefach openings. Right? So the issue over there is rather a different issue. That you cannot have that the opening is exactly the same size as the, as the enclosed part, because then that's going to invalidate according to Runa Radio Well, one second then. I think we're just going to go off a little bit of a tangent. Well, if you're telling me that up less than three, it's problematic to have an opening of three, then whose opinion is this? This must be the opinion of the Rabbanon, of the Chachamim, right? We learned earlier, up until how much of a, an opening is considered to be closed up using the principle of lovud, right? That we look at the areas if it's closed. So he said, the Chachamim said less than three. And Rav Shimon Gamliel says four, 
right? So if earlier we said that up until three is okay, but more than three is a problem, this clearly is going according to the opinion of the Chachamim. Amri, Pachas, Mishlei, Shamin, and Lavad. Shlei, Shalei, Amin, and Lavad. Who said that up until three, we say Lavad. But more than three, we don't say Lavad. Sorry, three or greater, we don't say Lavad. Ema Seifa, what are you going to do with the last part of the Mishnah? The last part of the Baisa. Koshu, Shlei, Shah, Umi, Shlei, Shavad, Arba. Anything which is three, or if it's from three Tfachim, or and four Tfachim. Asa, Anur, Amishim, and Gamliel. This seems to be the opinion of Amishim, and Gamliel. Damar, Pachas, Mi, Arba, Lavad. Because he says that even less than four is still considered to be Lavad. In other words, what the Gemara is assuming is, right, let, let's speak it out. The Gemara, the Gemara is to speak it out. Why would you say that between three and four is one halacha, right? Three and four is exactly the, the there's nothing changing between three and four according to the Chachamim, right? According to B'Shem Gamliel, up until three Tfachim, an opening that is exactly its size is going to be a Lubud. It will be taken up, I'm sorry, other way around. According to the Chachamim, right, up until Three tfachim of opening is going to be looked at as if it's enclosed because of the principle of lavud, right? Lavud is the halacha l'moshim yisinai, that if you have an, a gap of three tfachim or less, we don't care about it. We look at it as if it's, you know, completely irrelevant to us. According to Rav Gamliel, we say that up until four tfachim. So according to Rav Gamliel, this b'risa states that between, up until three is one halacha, from three to four is another halacha. According to the chachamim, that's beautiful, right? According to Rav Gamliel, then why do you need to say that, um, why do you need one second? The other way around. Right, I'm sorry. It's the other way around. Why? Because the 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 Brisa starts off with the first category is less than three. Is less than three and three. Second category is from three to to um is second cat well, let me look back one second. What are the two categories? What are the two categories? Three categories are three categories are um less than three three to four and greater than four right? exactly those right. are the three categories those are the three categories yeah so according to according to the chachamim we, we don't need to tell you separately between three to four because three three between three and four and greater than four is exactly the same halacha nothing changes once you reach greater than three according to the chachamim there's no difference in terms of how great the gap can be Right, right, but according to uh, what is Rabbi Yeshua, who is the yeah. Rabbi Gamliel, right? Like, what's the difference between uh, what's the I don't understand why you have to have three categories, period. Right, so that, right. On the other hand, according to Rabbi Gamliel, why can't you just go straight to four zero to four? four right, right. And that's, four that, that, greater, that's right. why I, that's what I first was going to say. I, then I realized it's not actually what it's saying. Let me see if Rashi explains. the early commentaries noted that this statement does not resolve all the difficulties as the distinction between three and four uh, Tvachim remains while according to Rabbi Shimon Gamliel the measure of three Tvachim has no significance whatsoever. The Rabad answers that this statement accepts Rabbi Shimon Gamliel's opinion with regard to the definition of an important place while adopting the opinion of uh, the Chachamim with regard to the principle of love. But that's what we're going to end up saying, I guess. I think maybe that's sure. what we're going to end up saying. Okay, fine. Yeah, that, that, yeah. Okay, good. I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> it's not a class kasha, as we call it. Okay. 
Amar Abaya, Abaya says, If the fact that the first case is going to be according to the Chachamim, that up to three Tvachim is Lavad and not greater, then they have to say that the end of it is also the opinion of the Chachamim. But the Chachamim agree, that um, if it's a question of being permitted to plant opposite the standing part, if there's a four tefach enclosure, then that's considered significant. If it's not a four tefach enclosure, then it's not considered significant. Rava Amar, me the safer of Shemigamil, Rava flips it. If the safer must be according to Shemigamil's opinion, that says that um, from four and up is where it changes status, and from three to four does not yet change status, right? So then, and also has, the beginning also has to be Shemigamil. When the Shem Gamliel says, you say Lavud, that up until four you say Lavud, so indeed, Shem Gamliel's whole principle of not saying Lavud, right, of saying Lavud, that the area is looked at as if it's enclosed or, or the gap is not, is not relevant to us up until four Tvachim, that's only true when it's high above the ground. When it's low down to the ground, then even less than four Tvachim, we do not say love it according to the according to Shem Gamliel. Shem Gamliel only argues on the Chachamim that up until four Tvachim, we look at it as insignificant when it's not on the ground. When it's on the ground, even Shem Gamliel agrees that more than three is already a significant opening because that's enough of an opening for the goats to jump through it. Since there's enough of an opening for the goats to jump through it, people cannot, you can't say that looks like an enclosed area. It doesn't look like an enclosed area. The goats could jump through it. Tashimah, Gemara comes to here bring another proof against... Um, Probably against uh, Rav, Rav Papa again. The fanes halalu sherubim sachem v'chalenes. You have walls that are primarily uh, made out of uh, windows and doors. Mutter is permitted to carry there. Ubelvad sheyehei aymen meruba al haparat. As long as the enclosed part is greater than the than the open part. Sherubim sachdaidach. Is it possible to say that that most of this is is um is open part? Well, if most of it is open part, then it's definitely problematic, right? Rather, it must be that an area in which you made more windows and doors, but not that they're all windows and doors or mostly windows and doors, because that would still be problematic. However, it sounds like as long as the open part is less than the enclosed part, right? That's the statement. Implication is that if it was exactly equal, it would be problematic. Once again, this should be disproving of Papa's point. And this time the Gemara says Tiyufta. Whenever the Gemara says Tiyufta de, whatever the Amayra's name is, if it does not say Tiyufta afterwards, it's not necessarily a finality in the disproof. But when it says Tiyufta before and after, that's a way of saying completely upgeschlugged, right? In other words, this point has been disproved. Well, one second. The Gemara says, you just got finished telling me it's a Tiyufta. You, you disproved it. And then you tell me that Lachas like your Papa. Tiyufta Vehilchasa. How could it be? How could it be a great, a great, Question on her papa and still say Allah is like him. In. Yes, it's true. Mushum, the daikim must be Because ultimately, the Mishnah seems to imply like her papa. It's not. We learned in the Mishnah. It says that you cannot have that the open part is greater than the open. I'm sorry, than the enclosed, than the closed off part. The implication is that if it was exactly as much as the closed part, it indeed would still be permitted. And therefore, we actually do follow her papa. What do we do with this other proof? From the earlier Mishnah, that we don't we don't have anything to do with. I think Tysus is going to deal with like wh- why? How do you reconcile the, those two points? One of them seems like a proof like her papa clearly. One seems like a proof against her papa. What do you do with those two points? You're going to have to say maybe with like Shnayas. We'll see. I mean, we will not see, but next time when we do it with Tysus, we will see. Okay, new Mishnah. 
This is a good opportunity for pictures. So if you have three, you're allowed to actually use three ropes to, to actually enclose an area on Shabbos, just using three ropes and no walls, right? What does this mean? So let's explain what the case is. Basically, remember, your wall has to be 10 tefachim high. Now, as long as each rope is within three tefachim of the next rope, you can look at the area in between as if it's insignificant. So if you have three ropes total, you have a ground. Then you have a rope at exactly three tefachim off the ground. In other words, the low end of the rope is less than three tefachim off of the ground. You have another rope at exactly less than three tefachim, a tiny bit less than three tefachim above that rope, and another rope a tiny bit less than three tefachim above that rope. In total, you get the 10 tefachim. So you have three ropes. Each rope is, let's say, one tefach, and that's all you need. And then you consider that area as if it's enclosed, even though all you have is these horizontal ropes. Obavat, right? Obavat, um the size of the ropes and the oven and the thickness, it has to be more than a tefach. Right, why? So that in the end, you're, you're left with 10 tefach at the height of the top rope. You could also do the same idea, but with kanim, with reeds, and do it vertically. Once again, you cannot have it that the opening between uh, these kanim is three tefach. If the opening is three tefach, then you don't have love it anymore. Mishnah continues. We're talking about over here specifically in a case of a, uh, a shayara where it is, um, uh, you know, a caravan that the chamor make up, or lenient. But in general, they wouldn't be make up. The chamor said that this original takana that they mentioned it by a caravan, didn't mention it by a caravan because it's only true by a caravan. Rather, they mentioned it by a caravan because this is the type of rope barrier that will be necessary when you're in a caravan. You're not putting up a real wall around it, but you put up ropes around the area. But to ask them to, not, not to ask them, sorry, but that's a case in which it will be more typical that in this temporary type of stopping for Shabbos on the road, that they're going to end up using this type of mechitza. But in truth, you could use this for anybody. Any mechitza that is not both directions, it is not both warp and woof technically, right? So what it means is it does not go both vertical and horizontal. Ain't a mechitza, that's not a mechitza, right? And to be clear, we don't mean to say that if you have um, like a regular picket fence and it doesn't have any uh, crossbars to support it, that's obviously considered both horizontal and vertical, right? Because it's going directly, they're, they're abutting each other completely, right? I don't mean a picket fence that has um, openings. What I mean to say is a picket fence, I guess they're not called picket fences if they don't have openings, <laughs> but you know, a regular fence that has, um, you know, vertical posts on it, right? So if the vertical posts are touching each other, obviously that's considered both chassis and Arab. We're not talking about the direction of which way the posts are going. We're talking about in terms of the gaps. Okay? So, that's been a very say, no, even having one direction or the other direction with openings in between is still okay. Rav Nuna says in the name of Rav, if something if is made up of the standing parts and it's greater than the enclosed parts, greater than the open parts, the chassis in the you know the vertical direction have a that's considered to be aimed it's a good fence what about the opposite way what about where it's horizontal uh, ropes and not vertical things i'm gonna buy a bias is coming here approved the measure of the ropes and its um its uh thickness is yes it has to be that the total thickness of the rope is more than eight so that in total will end up with ten but if if the mechitza would have been okay, then why does the rope have to be more than a tefach? Make the calculation, right? If each rope would be um, 
uh, a third of a tefach, right, or a tiny bit more than a third, each rope would be, um, you know, let's say a half tefach. You'd have one and a half tefachim worth of ropes, and then you'd have a tiny bit less than three tefach opening in between each rope, and you wouldn't need each rope to be more than a tefach, right? The other pachas mishlesha, then make the distance, you know, a little bit less than three. The chaval mashu pachas mishlesha, and a very thin rope, um, and then less than three away. The chaval mashu pachas miarba, and then a very thin rope, um, less than four away. The chaval mashu, and then have a rope. Um, one second. I'm a little confused right now. One second. Tashma. Shir chaval va'evin yasal tefach. You would call a sard b'chmi salamali yasal tefach. The avid pachas mishlesha. The chaval mashu. I don't get how that solves the issue. If it's more less than four, that's not sufficient. Um, let me see, Rashi. No, I think I think the point, if I understand correctly, is that uh, we're talking about whether the breach is going to be bigger than the because of the law of You effectively created a thing which is greater than the breach what do you do what do you do with the that opening that's less than four that's not that's not enough you need the opening to be less than three the top opening but that's not that you don't you don't love it anymore um no no but but the point is that yes it is less than four and that's why it constitutes a breach but because the whole thing uh, it's more closed than open. Oh, That's oh, why it's, uh, oh, 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 Okay, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I do remember this now, yeah. So basically, the, the case is like this. So if you go less than three tfachim from the floor where the first rope is located horizontally, and then less than three tfachim from the, that rope to where the next rope is located, so halakhically, we're going to look at that area as if it's totally enclosed up until six tfachim high, right? So now if that area is totally enclosed up until six tfachim high, then you have oimin merubala parats. You have more, more enclosed than, than open. So even though you have you don't have lovud from rope not, rope at, at rope number two at six tefachim high, there's no lovud from there to the next rope. However, we actually look at the entire six tefach lower area as if it's enclosed because lovud closes the gap totally. Since lovud closes the gap totally, you're left with a six tefach of completely enclosed area, a four tefach of un, of uh, unenclosed area, and then it's aimen rubalaparat. It's greater closed than open, and therefore that should work. So. Um, but Tizbra, the Gemara says, no, it doesn't make any, you have to explain like this. Where do you put the part that's uh, less than four tfachim, right? If you put it on the bottom, if the opening is all the way on the bottom, that's more, almost, it's more than three tfachim from the bottom rope to the ground, but less than four tfachim from the bottom rope to the ground, then the, the goats will be able to jump through that bottom. And that will not be considered a valid close. If you put it on the top level, so the haigi, so the haigi, so the so if you put it on the top level, then what we're going to say is like this. You have the, the top rope is at 10 tefachim. The middle rope is at uh, tefach number six. So above, above middle rope, there's four tefach of op- uh, less than four tefach of open air. Below middle rope is, let's say, less than three tefach of open air. What we're going to say is that the ear is going to come in from both sides, and it's going to take the area in between, and it's going to render it irrelevant. So when you're making the calculation of what gets the upper hand, you're going to say is first you got to look at to figure out is this rope going to actually be considered to enclose the area in between it and the rope underneath it? In other words, rope number two, is it considered to be a matching up with rope number one closest to the bottom? Well, the answer is that if the area surrounding it on both sides is very large, right, relative to the size of the rope, then what we say is it's going to invalidate that area 
from, it's going to invalidate that rope from serving as anything. And if it invalidates that rope, then you're left with nothing, right? So, right? Um, and if you, and if you, I'm sorry, I just, I just actually described it as if it was the middle rope. We're not talking about the middle rope then. We're talking about the top rope. Now, but if you would put the four tefach in between the, the bottom rope and the second rope, then you have you have um, enclosed area that is greater than the greater area. So basically what you're going to have is that the only considerate to be like this. I need a picture for this. So basically you have less than three tzvachim to the bottom rope. Then from the bottom rope to the, to the middle rope, right? Because otherwise you would have the problem of the goats coming in. From the bottom rope to the middle rope, you have less than four tzvachim, okay? And then from the, from the middle rope to the top rope, you have less than three tzvachim. So now in terms of trying to define that the area, in terms of trying to define that, the, that the, there's oimid, the oimid on two sides that are going to enclose the middle area, well, what are the oimid? The oimid is only when you have less than three tzvachim between two ropes. So between the ground and the bottom rope, you have less than three tzvachim. Okay, so you're able to say that area right there is enclosed. Bottom three tzvachim enclosed. Between the top, the, the middle rope and the top rope, less than three tzvachim enclosed. So what do you have? You have three tzvachim enclosed on the bottom, three tzvachim enclosed on the top, right? Between those two three tzvachim, you add them up, you have six tzvachim of enclosed area. What do you have in between? You have four tzvachim of open area. Now, if you only get to oimim meruba alaparats, not by dint of either one of your oimids by themselves being larger than the parts, only by dint of putting together two different oimids that together are greater than the area of the open area, that's a big question, right? So if you put the, you put the four tefach area in the middle, then you're left with that question. You're left with having to rely on saying that when you have oimid merubah parts by dint of two different sides, that is sufficient. That's not so simple. And you'd be able to bring up proof from here that if you have even rubala parts, which they ruchis, that indeed it is considered to be enclosed. If you have the three tefach enclosed on the bottom, three tefach enclosed on the top, greater than the four tefach of open, that would be considered to be enclosed. But that's a big question if that works or not. And you would see from here a proof that it does work. So Ella, So Ramnuna wouldn't want to say that. So when when we were trying to figure out why did these um why did these um why do these ropes have to be um, uh, one tefach wide? We said maybe they don't have to be. Maybe even uh, you know a third of a tefach would still do the trick as long as you get to you know less than a quarter, less than four tefach opening and less than three tefach and less than three tefach. But it's not actually true. It's not going to work. So what was Rav Nuna really asking? Going to icy machtelis to have a zayin amashu. The case is like this: you brought a machtelis, you brought a mat that was seven and a tiny bit more. And then what you did is you made a hole in that mat, a three tefach wide hole. And you left in it a four tefach uh, umashu, four tefach and uh, enclosed part. And then you put it less than three tefach away from the ground. Okay. So what did you do? You end up with four tefach. The the um. One second. So I think the case is like this. Let me see Rashi. Um, yeah, yeah. Four tefach. Yeah, and then you have something that is smaller. So basically what you did is like this. So you have the 10th area that you're trying to look at is enclosed from the bottom to the top. 
So you have a mat that is essentially, for whatever reason, we start off with a mat that's seven tefach long. It, it, it's more of a physical question. It's not a halachic question, just trying to figure out how to enclose the area. But basically, you manage to stick a four tefach rope st stuck exactly at a tiny bit below three tefach from the ground and a tiny bit below three tefach from the top. So now what you have is you end up with Ayman Rubala Parat. How do you end up with Ayman Rubala Parat? You only have four tefachim of enclosed area because the bottom one you're able to look at as Lovud and then you have Lovud from the bottom one. Then you have, you have, um, you have your four tefach of irregular enclosed. You end up with Ayman Rubala Parat. But what about the fact that you're going to need to have Ayman um, Rubala Parat from two sides? Well, over here, you don't need that because over here, your enclosed area is actually four tefachim, right? Actual physical enclosed area is four tefachim. So you don't have more than you don't have you have only three tzvachim of open area on either side so therefore you're you're way better off in this case so um let's see so um uh you're going to icy myself to have his eye in a mashup and you put it less than three away from the ground ravashi i'm ravashi says ravashi says no rav hamnuna's question was really about a mechitza tluya yeah you mechitza tluya that is that is uh mechitza a wall that is standing uh, above the ground, and it really gets to less than, it, it, it ends at more than three tefach away from the ground, right? The question is, that's really his question, is that considered to be a wall? Does Mechitza Tluya permit to carry in an area that no longer has walls? Amrle says, This we already learned earlier in the Masechta, that there's no such thing as a mechitza tluya, a mechitza that is hanging from higher than 10 tefachim and goes down to more than 3 tefachim off the ground. We don't look at that as if it's enclosing the space because the opening, if it's greater than 3 tefachim, is an opening that is great enough for, um, for animals to be able to get through, and therefore that's not a good enough enclosure for us. So a mechitza tluya, a hanging mat, is not going to permit to carry unless it is over water. Over water permits to carry. That's a special leniency that the chamim were lenient when it came to water. Okay, let's go a little bit further. Um, we could, we'll get up to the next few it's, it's just long and detailed. I keep in Bekan and We said you surround it with, um, with ropes. I'm sorry, not with ropes. With the, I'm sorry, with the ropes or with the mats, right? Or with um, the reeds, the vertical or the horizontal. The, the Mishnah says, It says that you can only do this when it comes to a caravan, but not if you're doing it for uh, an individual, right? We do not permit you to carry in if it is greater than um, than um, than than uh, base asayim, right? So base asayim, we said before um, that base asayim is this idea that if you have an area that's open and it's greater than uh, two saws worth of measure, that's a very large area, then you're not allowed to carry in it. Only allowed to carry in this mechitza for yachid up until two sa, but not more. That's only true when you're talking about figuring out exactly how much space that they really need. The assumption is that people don't need more than two saws. Right? So if, if, um, if, it's, if it's an area that they need all the area, then you can go even greater than two saws. If it's an area where they don't need all the area, then you cannot go greater than two saws. And if if the area is less than two saw, then you're allowed to even use it for an individual. Where did we say this of Rav Nachman? Some people say it's Rav Barbaya. That which you learned in the Mishnah. Any mechitza which does not have both vertical and horizontal aspects to it. Any mechitza is not considered to be a mechitza. This is the opinion of Rav Yehuda. 
Both an individual and a caravan have the same halacha when it comes to ropes. What's the difference between an individual and a caravan? And one individual, we only give him two sa worth of area that he's allowed to enclose and carry in that area. Two people, we also give them the same amount of space. When does it become a caravan? The definition of caravan is three people traveling together. Then it's considered to be a caravan. We give them up to six sa, right? So it's not a linear measure, right? They say, no matter what we give them, however much space they're going to need to carry in for that Shabbos. As long as there's not an open area within that space of a base society. In other words, an open area where they do not intend to make use of it at all. If there's an open area within your enclosure, that is two society, I'm sorry, that is two saw, right? That's 5,000 cubits, square cubits, then you're in trouble. And then the enclosed area is going to be invalidated. This is only true. We're trying to figure out about giving them all the space that they need, right? But th- this is um, this is only true when we're figuring out that giving them all the space that they need. So we're going to differentiate between do they need the, all that space or is that part of that space not going to be used at all? Well, part of that space is not going to be used at all. Um, that, that this mechitza is not going to be a good mechitza if you only have, a, you know, either a vertical or a horizontal mechitza. Um, that's only true if it's a one, if it's a mechitza that's enclosing an area either for an individual of Tusa or for a shayara, a caravan of six sa, six or if it's going to be an open area of Tusa that's not used at all, that's also problematic when you're using these um, either vertical, either solely vertical or solely horizontal mechitzas that, that creates problems. Okay. We're going to continue.